I went up to the mountain Because you asked me to Up over the clouds To where the sky is blue I could see all around me Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Kristen Stoneking, the senior pastor here. And I'm Brian Adkins, associate pastor. Our mission here is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. No more can I do, but then I go on again, because you asked me to. Some days I look down, afraid I will fall, and though the sun shines, I see nothing at all, and then I hear Just over the mountain, the peaceful valley, few come to know, I may never get there, ever in this lifetime, but sooner Kelly Eklund, and I'll be doing your scripture, the scripture reading this morning uh, from the first book of Peter, 313 to 17, uh, page 234 in your pew Bible, and from the second book of Corinthians 520, that's page 181. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. 
Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear, so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good and your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. This is really testing me to have to do a second page. I'm telling tell you what. Okay. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making His appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Why should I His eye is on the sparrow because it was my father's favorite hymnal, his favorite song. He would walk around the house singing that. And so he's no longer here with us. Um, he died several years ago, but I know he's here with me now. So this morning I want to talk about being ambassadors for hope and what we can learn from Reverend Dr. King's letter from Birmingham Jail. On April 16, 1963, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. penned the now famous letter from the Birmingham Jail on the margins of smuggled newspaper while in solitary confinement. He was writing in response to an article by eight white clergy who denounced King's protest as, quote, unwise and untimely in a published piece called A Call to Unity. Kind of ironic, a call to unity and you're, and you're complaining. In the article, the white clergy recommended that Negro leadership quote slash Dr. King, an outsider, should, have, should just wait or should have waited till justice to move, for justice to move. So let's review the history of why Dr. King was arrested on April 12, 1963. He was leading a peaceful, nonviolent protest 
of the abhorrent conditions of African Americans or Negroes as they are referred as they are referred to in Dr. King's letter. This was a time of great unrest. Dr. King was invited and planned to come to Birmingham, which at the time was the most segregated city in the South and really represented in the US. He wanted to help bring awareness to this harsh treatment of African Americans and to promote social change in Birmingham and subsequently the nation. It is what Tremaine T. Salis Dunbar's undergraduate case study analysis says, a purposeful tactic of activism, Dr. King's protest. And as I was looking at his letter, I was like, well, why? Why did Dr. King do this? And it's clear, he says, to spread the gospel of freedom because injustice was there. As I studied the contents further, I wondered how Dr. King was able to have such hope that would change, that change would happen in Birmingham, because it looked like a hopeless cause, especially with Bull Connor firmly in charge. I encourage you to read the letter in its entirety. It is a manifesto of what nonviolent direct action protests should be. And it's all there, fear, despair, discouragement of and hope to improve the black experience. For Dr. King, waiting was not an option. And guess what? Unfortunately, it is as relevant today as it was in, 1936, in 1963. So let's talk about what hopelessness then and now looks like. Then, largest unsolved house and church bombings. Bombings today replaced with ch church and school shootings. Highest lynching of mothers and fathers then. Drownings of our sisters and brothers and children, Emmett Till comes to mind. Kicked, dog attacked, killed African Americans. Today, replaced with genocide of unarmed black and Latino Native American men and women by police brutality every single year. Dr. King said smothered airtight poverty was then. Poverty still exists today, especially for people of color. Segregation that was outlawed in 1954 by the Supreme Court still existed in 1963. Today, segregation and slavery has evolved into what Michelle Alexander called racialized social control in the form of mass incarceration of black and brown people. We have San Francisco evictions of African Americans and homeless where they had to bring in tanks. I don't understand that. School to prison pipeline caged and separated Latina, 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 Latinx families in detention centers. Haitians denied entry. Puerto Rico in crisis with little attention and aid. Ice raids. Our church split based on, wait, who's, who's doctrine again? All of these things happening today happened in the 60s. The public execution of unarmed black men and women 
I just want to remind you a little bit. I know the list is made my head spin as I was putting this together, so I'm only going to mention a few. But some that just came back to my memory and my research, Jamarion Robinson was shot with 76 bullets for not opening the front door. Sandra Bland, Freddie Greer, excuse me, Freddie Gray, Tamir Rice, Oscar Grant, Mario Woods, Andy Lopez, Tanisha Anderson, who had a mental illness, and more recently, Michael Dean, police raid. A Tatiana Jefferson, just by looking out her window. In 2016, it was said by the age, between the ages of 15 to 34, black men are nine times more likely to be killed than any other group. And 34% that were killed in 2016 were unarmed. According to the research today in 2017, as, as far as I can find, the Pew Research Center said that 33% of black and brown or African-Americans, Latino, oh, let me go back, excuse me. 33% of black and African-Americans are incarcerated right now in prison, yet only make up 12% of the population. Latinos make up 23% of the prison population, but only 16% of the US population. And whites make up 30% of the prison population, but 64% I'm sorry, 30% of the prison population, but 64% of the US population. And Native Americans weren't even on the list. I don't understand that. But let me just say that again. 33% African American, black and African American, 12% the population. 23% in prison, Latino, Latin, Latinx, 16% in the US population. Dr. King's writings are a cacophony of racial injustice alarms, nonviolent action playbook, and hope. He said in the famous quote that we all here know, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are interdependent and share interrelatedness of all communities and states. And he said, we are tied in a single garment of destiny Whatever affects one affects all indirectly. So what can we learn from his letter about hope? Because I'm feeling, trying to find the hope here. Dr. King was optimistic and full of expectation. He even said in his letter that Jesus was an extremist for love. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, use you, and persecute you. Suffering for righteousness' sake. Womanist preacher, Pastor Tracy Blackman of United Christ Church and a former United Methodist preacher in her critique of American nationalism states that blatant and erected walls of indifference, educational inequalities, religious intolerance, economic injustice, an unjust legal system, inefficiency, separatism is combated, can be combated with love. Pastor Torrey Roberts of the Potter's House of LA and Denver states that we gotta walk in what's called Godfidence or God confidence, having God's strength to do what we are called to do because God is in control of all things. Uh, 
Okay, so I got to walk in love and had God confidence. And then Dr. King says, with direct action. In this political climate that we're in right now. Walking as an African American in this society. Having to tell my children, my daughters, what to do if they come across a police officer. Giving those instructions that not everybody has to give or has to live in this heightened sense of fear. How do I do it? So I had to go back to 2 Chronicles 20, 15 through 16, where it said, fear not, neither be dismayed by the reason of this great multitude. Okay, so what's happening now with the impeachment, with, with the political climate, I'm supposed to fear not. For the battle is not yours. So tomorrow go, ye go down against them. So I have to go and take action steps and not fear. Where's the hope? Got to get the hope. So we already have our examples, though, of hope. We have examples today of hope. Leaders and allies today walking as ambassadors of hope. You all are ambassadors of hope, co-workers with God. So who are these leaders and allies? The Black Lives Matter movement, the Me Too movement, the women marches, the climate change movement, presidential protest movement, the pride marches. Hope is already here again, as Dr. King had in his letter. We are in the precipice of great social change again. We are alive to do, his, to do what he started, unfinished and unapologetically deliberate business of continuing to fight for social justice. We are called to be the embodiment of hope revealed. Attorney Brian Stevenson demonstrates his hopeful optimism in his work of over 30 years to free falsely incarcerated African-Americans through his Equal Justice Initiative which is now depicted in the movie Just Mercy. If you haven't seen it, go see it. I plan to see it with my girls when we get a vehicle. Human progress requires a now is the time action. So I want to direct you to the front of your bulletin. <clears throat> to an excerpt from the letter from, a Birmingham, from, from Birmingham jail. Human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men and women willing to be co-workers with God. Without this hard work, time itself becomes an ally of the forces of social stagnation. We can't be stagnant, no. We must use time creatively in the knowledge that the time is always ripe to do right. Now is the time to make the real promise of democracy and transform our pending national elegy into a creative psalm of brotherhood, sisterhood, transhood. Now is the time to lift our national policy from the quicksand of racial injustice, social injustice, to the solid rock of human dignity. So Hope, in his letter, said, human progress requires now is the time. 
Now is the time to take back the promise, the real promise of democracy and combat authoritarianism. Now is the time to do what Pastor Cora Jakes Coleman calls faithing it, faith it, believe that the eight years of the dream realized in President Obama's election and what Dr. King and others fought and died for can happen again in our young people, with our young people. Now is the time to dismantle systemic racism, sexism, ableism, transphobia, transgender oppression, classism, ableism, heterosexism, anti-Semitism, and xenophobia. Now is the time to vote. This is the 150th anniversary of the black vote. The black vote is crucial, critical in preserving our democracy or our democratic ideals. Black and African Americans must vote now, because now is the time. It is also the 100th anniversary of the women's right to vote. Women must vote now. We must continue to fight for social justice and what Reverend Blackman calls, and not just us, for equality and equity. Now is the time to join our young people who will go to the polls and vote in November 2020. Our oldest daughter, Janae, is looking forward to casting her vote for change for the first time. And our youngest daughter can't wait till it's her turn. <laughs> now is the time on Human Relations Day. Amen. You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Brian Adkins, Associate Pastor here. We'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins Street at the corner of Napa and Hopkins. And I'm Senior Pastor Kristen Stoneking. If you connect to our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you are in Berkeley. I sing because I'm happy. I know
Watch it.